Welcome to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., Chief Joy Officer and Divorce Coach at Joyfully B. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a thought that will help you shift your junk to joy, heartbreak to healing, and free the funk so you can move forward faster. We don't just survive, we thrive by using joy as our GPS to create a life you're obsessed with. I invite you now to grab your cup of joy juice for another epic episode. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. And with that, let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. Happy New Year, first of all. Happy New Year. We have made it to 2023, and that is what this podcast today is all about. I have invited back one of my favorite, I'll just call her a co-host at this point, one of my favorite co-host guest experts, Miss Alon Zelenka. Welcome, my friend, to the podcast. Hello. So excited to be back. I think this is like the third time I've been on your podcast. Yes. I mean, at least, at least, at least. So you guys go back to all of the podcasts that she's been on. All you got to do is search, search her name. But Alon is amazing in so many ways, but she's a self-expression and sexual empowerment coach. And she specializes in helping individuals embody their most confident selves in life. We all want that. And in relationships and in business, she's all over the place. So while she works with clients to cultivate a deeper sense of safety and inner peace, she also focuses on helping them to explore their edges and uncover and discover their true personal power. And her transformational work will take you through a journey of releasing shame and insecurities to living a life of full of pleasure full of genuine connection and empowerment. So our conversation today, I couldn't have thought of a better guest to bring on. I was going to do a solo jam. And then I thought, no, I, I want to share this conversation with Alon. So thank you for just immediately saying yes and being the first guest of 2023. Yay. I feel so honored. I'm so excited. So we thought it might be helpful for you guys to have a bunch of different things to consider as you move into this new year. So I want you guys to maybe pause this podcast. If you're out on a walk, go ahead and do what you got to do. But if you're not, grab a piece of paper and a pen and maybe jot down some of the tidbits that we're going to walk you through. We're going to have questions, contemplation, maybe some tools, tips, tricks, all the things, because it's really important. I don't know about you, Alon, and we can each share a little bit, but I always take time at the end of the previous year and the beginning of the new year, I do both to reflect on what has been and connect to what I desire. And I've I've been doing this for quite a few years now, and I didn't do this before I went on my self-development and healing journey. And it really shifted things for me. I mean, do you do, you do any sort of practices end of year or into the new year? Yeah, so for me, it kind of combined both of them. So I'm not a before the end of the year and at the beginning of the year, the the new year. It's usually around the time that this podcast is going to be live that I actually like get going on the new year's just intentions and goals and reevaluating the previous year. But for me, I kind of do a combination of just like journaling prompts for myself I dive into, you know, what didn't work the previous year and what did work and what do I want more of? So, yeah, yeah, I think those are all really great reflection pieces to dive into. And it it gives you a lot of perspective, especially Mm -hmm. when you are able to like go in your phone or look at your calendar and go back through the months and be like, oh, this is what I did this month. This is what I learned during this time period, this is what I was going through, because we tend to forget, we forget how much we've grown in a year's time. Yeah, that's cool to to reflect on. That's definitely one of my top tips to folks is go into that phone. I definitely, definitely do that. And because we love to take photos, like so many people like to take photos of things, And they love to take photos of the things that were like the highlights, right? Like very rarely are we taking photos when we have 
had rough spots and and maybe I'll do this in the new year. Maybe I'm just going to be more consistent about those moments where I'm meeting deep resistance instead of just those high highs. But for now, my phone is filled with something that's really important to me, which is uh, this year, one of my focuses was make more memories, not Mm -hmm. just like have more fun, but like make more memories, long lasting memories with people. And I know that I can go through that phone from January till right now, this January, and be amazed and in awe of the life that I lived this year. Because so often, if we're going through something or going through growth phase or different things like that, we can forget how how amazing our year actually was. Or if it wasn't that amazing and it still felt tough, you can realize that you still did have moments of joy or of peace, or of hope, or those glimpses. And those glimpses are so important to hang on to. So that's one of the first things that that I do before the new year is I look back on the whole entire year that I've had, and I celebrate myself. I celebrate myself for showing up to my life during the high highs, the low lows, and everything in between. That's so important. It is. And it gives you like, even if you were going through a tough time this year, even if the whole year was challenging, just know too that everything changes. That is the one constant in this life is that everything changes. And so, Yahoo, you went through a challenging year and it's not going to be like this forever. And now you get to go up. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. You mentioned journaling, and that is a huge piece for me in reflection and reconnection to all the parts and pieces. So what are some of the questions that you use to kind of uncover and discover the truest part of the truest version of you? Mm, Yeah. So there's a couple of, well, really a few things that have helped me in my journey. and. One of them is really more of an assessment. And I think this is a great journaling prompt for the beginning of the year of doing an assessment of the wheel of life. And if you've never heard of the wheel of life, it's um, think of like a pie chart with different sections and each section represents a different area of your life. So you have work, friends and family, fun and leisure, money and finances, environment, all the different areas of your life. And going through each one of those rating, you know, maybe from one to 10, what area do you feel confident in? What areas do you feel are your weakest or that you'd like to work on the most? And just kind of getting a beat on the whole retrospective vision of your life. I think that gives you a really great perspective to start from and like, okay, this is what I can prioritize, you know, in the the first coming months of the year. And from there, it's so like, it's just so wonderful to have that with you because it evolves throughout the year and you're able to kind of go back to it and realize, oh yeah, I did work on this area of life, but now this area is lacking a little bit. So now I can like go and dive into that. But it's really important to recognize that all these areas of your life relate to each other. It's all an ecosystem. So having balance in all of them is really important. And if there's one that's like a one out of 10, it's so important to have your eyes on that specific area to to dive into that. Because that's really going to help all of the other areas of your life. Um, Or at least make sense of it too. Like at least know that maybe there's one area that let's, let's say friends and family, let's say friends and family, let's pretend friends and family was like a two, right? A two out of 10, two being low, 10 being high. And if you're not sure if you can bring that score up, maybe you want to, maybe you don't. Maybe friends and family wasn't your priority for this past year. So I think it's important to also use the wheel of life to go, wow, that's where I'm at now. Where do I want to go next? Do I want it to be an eight or a nine or a 10? Or is there another area on that wheel that I intentionally poured more into because this area maybe isn't as 
fulfilling to, or isn't as important to me right now. I think it's okay to prioritize those things. Totally. Yeah. And you can get the wheel of life, like anywhere you guys, like you can go just Google wheel of life and a bunch of things will pop up. You can, you can subscribe to people who are providing like quizzes and things and templates, and you can actually buy them, or you can just look at it and use it as a guide to assess yourself. And that's what I do a lot of times. I've purchased ones and it's been a cool experience. Like they have ones that fold out really, really big, like a map. And I love doing stuff like that. And then other years, I just like, I just use it as a reference and go through. I I totally forgot about that. So thanks for reminding me. I'm definitely using that this year. I also have a a wheel of life with like some questions that I can provide as a free for your audience. if you Yes. We love freebies. We'll put it in the show notes for sure. Yeah. So going through, and then one more thing I want to add to that is having in all of the categories, having one to two action steps, tangible action steps that you can implement. And I don't mean big things that you have to do, just little baby steps of, okay, what am I going to do now to improve this area or just like maintain it? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, for sure. It's like, how do I, what are one or two things I can do in the next day, week, or month to nurture this piece of the pie? Yeah. 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 I love that. I I love to ask myself questions like, and these are more daily, but I think they're important as you assess and connect to the year. Like, what do I need most right now? What do I need most right now? I've been asking myself that question over and over because I've been going through some interesting seasons on my own personal journey. And it's like, what do I need most right now? And I'm realizing that there's parts of me that like don't feel safe in certain areas of my life. And I'm not going to go into it right now, but not like physically safe. I feel so safe in my relationship. I feel so safe in my home. I feel so safe in so many areas, but there is a space that I don't feel safe. And so how do I nurture that safety. What I need most right now is safety. So answer that question. Like, what do I need most right now? What do you feel like you need most right now? What do I feel like I need most right now? You know, I would also say safety. I think it's a a big one for a lot of us. We're all in this thing together. And, you know, if you really want to get meta with it, we're all connected. Even if we're not physically in the same location, our energy is all buzzing. We have a collective consciousness. And I think there is, you know, with the seasons, a whole emotional like (laughs) rainbow that comes with the holidays and that comes with slowing down and being in winter. And then there's, you know, the very real facts of what's going on in our world. And I choose not to really dive into that too much because I also believe that what we're consuming is it does affect us but with the economy and with all of the with all of these various things going on it is really important I think to kind of hone into that safety piece for ourselves yeah yeah and sometimes for me safety can we can it can be simple you guys it doesn't have to be super duper hard Safety for me can be taking a few extra minutes in bed and just like holding myself, like hugging myself, holding myself, hugging myself, being kind to myself, saying nicer things to myself. Like safety can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't have to be this big monumental giant thing. So what other questions do you use to uncover and discover yourself? Yeah, this is another one that is it's another assessment question, but this is like more on an individual basis is we archetypes. So we have our seven archetypes of either the lover, the maiden, the mother, the queen, the huntress, the sage, the mystic. And each one of those archetypes has a very unique and empowering like uh, description. So I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, go and Google the seven female archetypes and to really sit with each of them and write out 
which archetype you are wanting to embody more of this upcoming year Mm. and taking it a step further, describe yourself as that archetype in detail. So for instance, and maybe there are a couple of archetypes that you're really wanting to embody more of the character, the characteristics of. So the lover bringing in more of your sensual energy and just that heart open, expansive part of yourself, or maybe you are wanting to step into your queen and really embody that luxurious part of yourself, the part that really socializes with people and donates and, you know, also big hearted. I think all of these have an open heart theme, but really getting into that, I think is, is very cool because for me, I'm a super visual person. So yeah, me too. having that visual and building out like what that would look like for me is so awesome. And I can always come, this is, this is like that version of me that I really want to embody. Yes. Oh, that is so, so good. All right. So I love what you just said about all the archetypes, because that's something that I've never used before, but something that I, and I will use that this year. So thanks for sharing that. I'm going to use that because one of the things that I love to do is write a letter to my future self. So I'll write a letter in 2023 to myself in January of 2024. And like you said, really describing in detail who she is, what she's doing now, what she has called in over the past 12 months, and really like how she stepped in fully to herself. So I feel like you can start with the archetypes, understand which ones you want to call in, and then use those energies to write a letter to your future self. Oh, I love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. So some other things that I feel like I like to do is ask myself like, what do I want more of and what do I want less of in this new year? Mm -hmm. Do you ever use anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think this goes so beyond, I think it's easy to just think of, oh, I want more money and I want less drama, but going further than that, really, what is the root? of what we want. And I think I can speak for most people here that we all want more connection. We want, you know, to feel like we can express ourselves with ease. We want solid friendships. And that goes back to connection, uh, more love. And I really feel that that is behind and even underneath things like money or the materialistic things. Because when it comes down to it, it's like, what is the money giving you? The money's giving you joy. It's giving you a feeling of just oh, freedom, that the big sigh of relief, being able to give gifts to people that you love, being able to, you know, donate to charities because that feels good for your heart. So yeah, yeah I love that. I love that you just added like, what do you want to feel more of? What do you want to feel less of? What do you want to be more of? What do you want to be less of? Do you want to be less insecure? I know I do. I mean, no matter how much self-development I do, my insecurities continue to visit me from time to time. And I would love to have less of that. I would love to have more peace and more connection, like you said, more Oh, that side that you talked about, relaxation, more space, like more mm-hmm. space in my life, more space in my mind, more space in my heart, more space in my body. So I love that you invited our friends to go beyond the basics, we'll say. Like, yeah, yeah. don't need, maybe you need more friends. Why do you want more friends? What will right. more friends allow you to feel? What will more friends allow you to be? What will, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yes, 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 yes. And in the less zone, I like to ask myself, is there anything that you want to release and leave in 2022? Like, 
what do you just, what do you want to drop off here? Yeah. Just let it live here. Let it live with this version of you. I do this a lot in my divorce coaching too. We, we, we do some practices and it's literally like through part of the grieving practice, we're kind of like burying the version of ourselves or our ex, like emotionally burying them, like emotionally going through like that funeral and grieving that like the way that you would. But like, what do you want to drop off that you don't want to take up space in 2023 and sit with that and allow yourself to go, you know what? It doesn't have to follow me into Mm. this next part of me. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So do you have any other questions that you want to drop out here? Otherwise we'll move into our next section. I just have one little one here. Love it. I think it's also a, it's in letter form, but it's a personal journal practice. So writing a letter to three people in your life that you wish or want to express yourself more to. And basically writing a letter to them saying everything that you wish you could say or want to say, whether they're here with us or whether they've passed away or maybe they haven't even entered this world yet. Maybe it's, um, you know, a baby that you're trying to conceive. Mm -hmm. Whatever the case may be, really sitting with that and giving yourself the space and permission to just fully express it out. I think it's such a cathartic process and it really allows you to release, yes. <laughs> release that energy, release the stuck pent up energy that we really hold deep, 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 deep in our bodies. Yeah. I love that releasing process. We have to release in order to make room for the things that we desire. So as we think about like what we desire in the new year, are there any questions that you ask yourself in the in the realm of like desire and calling in things that you want for yourself? Yeah, I think it's really just getting clear, first of all, with what the desire is and what the intention behind that desire is. I think it's easy to say, oh, I want this or I want that. But we also have to take a look at the intention behind it, too. We have to kind of evaluate, well... Is this something that is superficial that I just want because it'll validate me in society or it will make me look good um, or I'll get attention from it? Or is it something that is actually going to help benefit humanity? It's going to help benefit the world. And it's okay to have selfish desires. Sure. Let me just say that right now. It is perfectly okay to have desires that really just benefit you. But the fun part is that even in those desires that are just more self-serving, seemingly, they really do still have a ripple effect out in the world because it's the concept of like filling your cup up first, then you're able to give from an overflow to the rest of the world. Mm. So. Yes, I love I love all of that. The clarity piece is so important. The clarity and the intention behind the clarity. I love to do what I call P3, which is three priorities that will allow me to step further into my joy. And mm-hmm. I really try to hone in on what are because if I, I I could write a lot of things, but I found that if I go beyond three, which usually fits really nicely on a sticky note. <laughs> then I can just be super focused. There's so much clarity when I just have three priorities. And a lot of times I'll put it in the categories of healing, health, and happiness. And then I'll pick a priority for my health, a priority for for my healing, for my health, and a priority for my happiness. And those are the three driving forces behind everything that I'm going to give attention and energy and intention and focus, all that kind of stuff. And then sometimes what I do is I I, I learned this from a mentor. Um, she called it the wow. And every week, which I got away from, to be quite honest, this year, but I did it really good in the beginning of the year and it helped so much. So one of the things that I'm going to do in 2023 is back to basics. Like, how do we just get back to the basics of taking care of ourselves? And she always called it the wow, the word of the week. And 
I love this because where intention goes, energy flows. And so it's like, if you can open up your week this week in the new year and set one intention for this week and then allow your energy to go in the direction of that word. And maybe that week you need peace. Maybe that week you need safety. Maybe that week you need silliness or joy. Maybe that week you need, maybe that week you need rage and you just need to like let it loose. And if you can really pick a word of the week and drive intention with it, I think that's a not only a fun way, but also a curious way to serve your soul. Mm, I love that. What's your what's your wow for this upcoming week? I'm curious. Oh, wow. I haven't started this practice yet, but I love that question. Word of the week. What's coming to me off the top is slow down. That's two words, but slow. I think oftentimes when I feel unsafe or uncertain, uh, my brain tries to compensate by trying to figure it out. And it goes wild and it goes faster and faster and faster. And it's just trying to fire so much to try to give me options to try to figure it out and help myself. But it's more frantic. and. If I can slow down and remind myself, I think you said it to me earlier, is if if I can slow down and remind myself that somehow everything in my life has always found a way to figure it out, like I've always been okay. Mm -hmm. Even in the hardest of times, I've always been okay. I've always been safe. I've always been looked out for on a basic level and on a higher level of things I can't explain. And if I can bring myself to slow down, I can usually remember that that is true. Yeah. yeah. What would what was your word of the week be for you? Mm. Well, I think it really does go hand in hand with what you're saying. <laughs> presence, presence. Ooh. Just being mindful and present in every moment, and that really does go hand in hand with slowing down too, because it's being with every moment intimately. Mm -hmm. And really when we feel that feeling of unsteadiness or especially, you know, right around the holidays and now it's starting to slow down, but right around the holidays, everything is just so frantic. You go to the store, there's a huge line of cars. You just people honking and people are running around and you're trying to get all your work done. And so Coming back to your center, your core of, well, for me, this is (laughs) for me, coming back to my center and my core of fully present in the moment, being with whatever is, Mm. will cultivate so much inner peace Mm. and so much pleasure from that too. That's so good. I was going to ask you, I wanted to talk about ways to create momentum for manifestations magical moments, memories. And one of the things that I had felt into was presence Mm. is what you just said is the way, one of the ways that I call in different things in my life is really giving your whole attention and your whole energy to whatever is right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And so often we just get stuck in the past or try to catapult ourselves into the future instead of allowing ourselves to be present to see the magic right where we're at. So what are some other things that you do to create momentum for manifestation, magical moments, creating memories, things like that? This is a great question because I think we have already we have tapped into two of the first steps that I would talk about, which is release. I think this is the first step is learning to actually release the things that are not serving us, Mm. whether that be a relationship, whether that be physical things like doing a cleaning of your house, of your wardrobe, you've got to release in order to bring in the new. It's just that's the way the cycle works. So I can't even tell you how many times I have been like resistant to let certain things go. And then the second I do, it's like right then and there, the thing that I've been wanting comes right to me. 
And it's almost comical because you're like, oh my gosh, I had resistance for this for so long and I could have just released it and been so much happier for it. But that's the learning lesson. I can honestly Um, say on that exact level, this has happened to me in two really, really big places in my life. And I didn't want to believe that this would be true. I just didn't. There was so much resistance to mm -hmm. releasing. One of them, I've actually never shared before publicly, but one of them was right after I got divorced, I jumped into another relationship, serial dater right here. You know, it was like, okay, next, next, without, without healing myself, without knowing what was going on, just like somebody please be with me. and. And this dude, he was not for me. He was never for me from the get-go. And it makes me feel kind of bad saying that and then kind of not bad because he ended up cheating on me. But that's, it is what it is. But (laughs) I was with him for two years. I was with him for two years and he was never really, never really the one for me. And when it really took him cheating on me to release him because I felt, well, I mean, he's like a nice enough guy and he's, you know, cares about me and he's around and, you know, like we, we have a good, pretty good time together and he's done nothing wrong. And I was having a hard time releasing him because it just didn't make logical sense to just be alone when I was just sad alone. Like it didn't make logical sense. Right. But a lot of the times it's not like the logical stuff isn't what's for us anyways. So when that happened, I was like, okay, release just release. You're okay on your own. So I started to do the alone thing for a little bit. And lo and behold, this is when I met my now partner who is just like everything. He's so incredible. He's so, I mean, everything in my life has led up to being able to have a relationship with him. You know, I had to get divorced to meet him. I had to break up with that, that other guy to meet him, like all those things. So that's one. So if you're thinking that there's no one else out there for you, just like release whatever (laughs) you're trying to chase. Heal yourself. And then I wasn't looking for I wasn't looking for my now partner. I wasn't looking for him at all. It was just call it fate, call it whatever. I think we both were just in alignment, really enjoying our own selves and our lives, and then stumbled across one another. And it really does can happen like that. It can happen like that. The other thing was my friendships. So again, going through divorce, you have to come to grips with the fact that you will have to release people. And it hurts like hell. And it's not always just your significant other. It will be family members. It will be friends. It will be pets. It will be things that you do not want to release, but they are the only things that once you release, you can find peace and make space for. Mm. So friendship was the other thing. I did not want to let go. And I felt like there were so many times where I was just trying to like, play the victim so that our collective friends wouldn't A, think I was a bad person and B, wouldn't let me go as a friend. And then also even some of just my own friends. It's like, they I don't think they knew how to be there for me. I don't think that they knew what to say. And after I released some of my friends that weren't serving me and some of our collective friends that were serving me, that's when I met you. And that's when I met Annie. And that's when I met Karishma. I'll just name them out because they're, I mean, and Ashley and all these other amazing, amazing women that literally made my whole soul for the first time in a long time, feel like I had real friends, feel like I had deep, meaningful connection with people who wanted to grow in the way that I wanted to grow. And that only happens when you make room. And I didn't want to let go of any of my friends. And, and, and now like, I hate to say it, but like, I don't miss them at that phase of my life anymore. I'm just so grateful for what I've made space for. And I still have room. Like I I still haven't filled all of that room. And so I'm excited to go into the new year and even create more deep and meaningful friendships because I know that I have space to. Oh, yay. And that that used to scare me. That used to scare me. Like, oh no, I have no friends. If you feel like you have no friends, just know, change that narrative and go, wow, I have a lot of space in me that is open arms, ready to, A, be the friend that I need to myself, check that spot first. Always check with yourself. Are you being the person you need to be to call in those friendships? And then B, just like show up in the world that way and let those friends find you. Be so People will be so attracted to you when you love yourself. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. magnetizing. So magnetizing. Okay, so yeah. we're, we, we're going to release. Gonna release and we're then gonna we're have, gonna get 
clarity on what we actually want. Yes. Which we did talk about also. And then I think there's also the, you may or may not have heard of the law of assumption. I know the law of attraction and manifesting is really popular, but there's also the law of assumption, which is assuming that what you want is already yours. So how do you act according to knowing that it is yours in time, right? Mm. Even if it's not in your physical reality yet, you go, okay, well, I know it's coming at some point. So now what? So now what? How do I move in that direction? How do I show up as this person who has this knowing it's already mine? And really sit with the feeling of having it. Of course, that's a big manifestation technique is really sitting with and embodying the feeling and the vibration and the knowingness that of what you want in your life and letting that goodness soak in, letting the pleasure fill your body and being okay with that. I think a huge part in the manifestation process that a lot of people, not to say get wrong, because I don't want to say you're doing it wrong, but learning moment is we come at it from this angle of, oh, I want, I want this so badly. That's still coming from a lack perspective. It's coming from, I don't have it and I want it. I want it. I want it. And when you're coming from that energy, it's not the energy of having. So when you're in the energy of having it, or when you're in the energy of pleasure, of joy, of excitement, that is where and when it's created. And the more that you also are able to hold capacity for those things and learn how to actually receive those things, because you know, oftentimes we have a hard time receiving as mm-hmm. women, receiving compliments, receiving love, receiving attention, learning how to like retrain your nervous system to hold that as well. Uh, that is really when you're able to start manifesting super quickly and with ease. And you're just able to then like either say it out loud or claim it. We all have different, we also have all different manifestation styles and ways that work for us individually. So what may work for you doesn't work for Janet, you know, it's all different, but you have to figure out what that is for yourself. Mm. I had never heard of the law of assumption and what it makes me feel into is just that assumption of belief. Like you said, it's on its way. And this was definitely a technique that I had used when I was newly divorced. And I was like, I ain't got no joy, which is what I teach now. Like, how do you get your joy back? Right. I'm so passionate about it because I literally did not think that it would return to me. I'm like, I will be joyless forever until one day when I went, nope, I am going to assume that it is on its way back to me. And I'm going to get fiercely committed to believing that it is possible for me to get it back. I'm going to believe it and not only believe it, what you said is like, I'm going to assume that it is already on its way and I've got my arms wide open and I'm looking for it. I am so aware that it is possible and it's on its way to me. And that's why I created joy spotting, quite frankly, was I was like, if I don't see it, but I can assume it, Maybe I can seek it out in other things and other people. And at least that will be proof that it still exists in the world. And if it exists in the world, then I can still have it, right? Yeah. If it if it's out here and somebody else has it, it means it's available to me. And that goes for everything in our life. That goes for your career. Like if you're seeking a new career or a new relationship or whatever it is, or just like a being that most fulfilled version of yourself, if you've seen it in someone else, it just means it's available for you. And you just get to assume and believe that it's already on its way for you if you're willing to allow it to drop in. Yeah. 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 I think it comes back to like, what do you really want? And can you have the calm 
cool, calm, collected confidence to know that you actually get to have it. Yeah. That it actually is yours. You just have to claim it. (laughs) Yeah. You you just have to claim it. And then you move in that direction. Yeah. I know another thing for me uh, to create momentum is really making sure that I check in with myself and practice. So whatever tools I need to move through something or up-level my life, like I need to practice those things. And one of the best ways that I do that is through my morning. I call it a self-certainty practice. Some people call it morning routines, different things like that. I call it a self-certainty practice because I've literally created a system for myself in the morning that I get to serve my soul before anybody else touches it, Mm. right? And if I don't do that, then something else has the opportunity to drop in doubt or whatever else and pile on me before I crawl into and drop into and root into my self-certainty. And certainty is one of our core needs. We have to have, like, we are craving certainty all the time. That's why people are like, I don't know. I'm so scared. I'm so scared. Well, you're just feeling uncertain. So we can start our day by feeling super certain. And maybe that's even going through what you've just shared as part of your morning practice. I mean, one of our friends practices this, uh, does this practice called, some people call it morning pages. Some people, she calls it scripting, I believe. And I adopted that a long time ago where part of my self-certainty practice is writing out like that energy of assumption, like that law of assumption and beliefs and who I'm going to be and all that kind of stuff is all part of how to set the tone for the day. And it's so important. Yeah. So important. Yes. I love that. And I love that you mentioned just having a practice, whether that is, you know, the certainty morning routine or it's practicing an instrument or practicing getting in 20 minutes of movement movement every day, having the small implementation, the small daily implementation truly is, it is the monumental change in your life. It truly is. And everything in life is, uh, it cascades on itself. So the more that you do implement that, the more that you create, you know, new neurological pathways in your brain that you're like, oh yeah, this is how this is how you build self-trust. This is how you build these certain key elements to making change and to being able to come into a new identity for yourself with excitement rather than feeling like, oh no, my world's falling apart. And then you're just like, you fall back into old habits. Can I share with you the the first thing that I did with my self-certainty practice? What's this? Because When I first started this, I was like, okay, it's going to be a slow build because I was feeling wrecked, hot off the press divorce. I was feeling wrecked. And somebody is like, how's your morning practice? And I was like, non-existent. It's called snooze button at least three times, probably five, roll out of bed, go straight to the shower, you know, like this is it, this is it and off to work. Like that was not self-honoring at all. So I was like, okay, this is going to have to be a slow build. But the whole point of self-certainty practice is building up things. And eventually you'll get to the stuff that allows you to know yourself better and look forward to all the things in your day and your energy and all that. But first it's about relying on yourself. I think it's finding a practice where you tell yourself no matter what, I'm going to do this every day. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to need to start real small because I don't know what I can do every single day right now other than it's news. And that's not it. And so it was making my bed with no rules around it. The making the bed thing was like, it can be pulling the covers and it still has wrinkles in it. You know, the only thing was, is it, it she, you know, Straighten it up, two pillows. And that's where I started. I just started with every day, no matter how I feel, I'm going to make my bed. I love that. And then I added, okay, I'm going to make my bed and I'm going to read one page, only one, one page in my book. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just graduated. Then it was like a couple pages and then it was one journal prompt. And then it was like scripting. 
And then it was breath work. And I just started layering on once I was able to rely on myself and my body was like, good job, you did it. And then it just became like, this is just what I do. This yeah. is just what I do. And I and and I rely on myself to do that. I count on myself to do that. And that builds so much trust. I know that there are so many people who are living a land of like, they just don't trust. They don't trust others. And they think it's others, but it starts with self. Right. So if you're turning around, you're like, I don't know if I can start dating again. I don't know if I can trust the friends that I've got. I don't know. Okay, hold on a second. Where do you need to trust yourself first? Yeah. And start with self-trust. And I think that morning practice is just like freaking yes. everything. And it gives you confidence too, right? Yeah. Because as you're going through, you're building this practice for yourself, you have all this like renewed self sense of confidence and you're excited to tell other people about what you do. And there's this like sense of pride for like, oh yeah, I, I do this. And this is like my morning routine and it feels good. You know, when you don't have those practices in place, you feel your energy is scattered. You feel like you're all over the place and it can feel really easy to spread yourself thin. And then when it comes down to it, if somebody were to ask you, you know, what practices do you have in place in your life? Like, oh no, I don't know. I really don't have anything. I just get up. I guess the only certainty I have is getting out of bed, making my cup of coffee, and crossing my fingers. fingers. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Right? Well, okay. So as we know that as hard as we're going to try, we're going to release a lot of things and leave it in 2020 and maybe even incorporate that into our morning practice. We know there's going to be times, no matter who, if you are human, you will at times hit some bumps, hit some seasons. You will just have moments, even moments where you just don't feel like you just don't feel okay today, you know? Mm -hmm. So what are some ways And when we don't feel okay, I really feel like we get in our own way. We hinder our growth. We hinder our forward momentum. We hinder all those priorities that we set for ourselves. Our energy gets drained. There's just like, so it's so much bigger than just like, "Ah, I'm just kind of having a day. Whoa. So how do we get back to ourselves and out of our own way when this happens? Yeah, I think first and foremost, is actually sitting with the discomfort of feeling like you are being in your own way and really mm-hmm. being okay with that and having acceptance around it. Mm. Because the second we feel icky or sticky or whatever slap on bad label of, of our emotions, it's part of you know human nature to want to go straight to avoiding the pain and trying to self-soothe. And oftentimes, if you don't have healthy practices in place, that can be something that's not healthy. So like, you know, reaching for the wine, reaching for food, you're not actually hungry. So sitting in the discomfort Mm. and allowing that to be there will help neutralize the energy, right? It helps neutralize the the negative emotions that you're feeling in the first place. And from there, then you'll already, first of all, you'll already feel better. But after that, it's like, okay, what's next? Taking a baby step forward. And this is like a huge thing. I know, I think we've already talked a little bit about this earlier, but not seeing the whole picture, not looking at the big mountain in front of you. Mm -hmm. right because when we when we look at it from that angle of course anybody would feel defeated of course anybody would feel like this analysis paralysis action paralysis of like I can't even get started because I don't even know where to get started and I feel defeated before even starting (laughs) I have this I have this like a visual that I always share with my clients which is like a picture of Mount Everest and a bunch of climbers and I'm like you don't climb Everest in a day and you don't climb it alone. Like right. you just don't, you don't, you don't go climb. You don't one day wake up and go, 
you know, I'm going to fly. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to go over there and stand at the base of the mountain. And then, you know, just like go. No, you talk to somebody who's climbed that climb, right? Like if you, I think what you said first was really important, like feel it. And I'll add to that, which is acknowledge that it's there. Mm-hmm. Talk to your pain. I mean, I, I do this sometimes and I don't always feel comfortable, you know, when, when my partner's here and that's okay. But like when they're gone, talk to yourself, talk to yourself, talk to the pain, let yourself feel whatever you're feeling. And if you are not like, if you don't feel safe doing that alone, find someone who is good at holding space, find a friend, find a mentor, find a coach, find somebody that can hold that space while you just acknowledge it, acknowledge that it's there. Right. So I love that part of it. But yeah, you don't, it's small little baby steps and figuring out that first. Yeah. Yeah. And what you're saying with the analogy of Mount Everest, it's the reality is that even the best athlete in the world doesn't just go, didn't get there from going from zero to a hundred. They train, they do the small baby steps every single day. That is the way to success. That is the way to really moving through that stagnant, stuck energy and kind of bringing in that stuckness, that concept. Stuckness is a choice. And I think it's a mask that we put on in order to stay stuck. It's a self-perpetuating cycle. So the more that you claim, oh, I'm stuck, I don't know what to do, You're just creating that reality for yourself, right? Yeah. But the more that you can switch that little narrative to, I'm figuring it out, I'm moving through this, even if that's a thought or saying it out loud, of course, saying it out loud has so much potency, but it really helps to shift that reality because the reality is that you do know. The reality is that your intuition is always guiding you. And it's always communicating with you. And you know the way, even if cognitively, like consciously, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, you do have that internal navigation system. And you just get to trust that. You get to trust yourself along the way, knowing that, hey, no matter what happens, I've got myself. And also, I do know one step at a time, one baby step at a time. I do know. The direction I'm going. I love that you said just shifting that small shift of instead of saying I'm stuck, say what you want. Do you want to be stuck? Always ask yourself, do I do I want what I'm saying? Although I, if you don't like switch switch it. So instead of I'm stuck, I'm figuring it out. You don't have to have it figured out. You're figuring it out. I'm in the process of figuring it out, right? And that can be so much more powerful than saying to yourself every single day, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. It's not working out. It's not working out. It's not working out. I'm doing something about this situation, right? And I think when we when we allow ourselves to shift into that, that's when we can let the kind of funk, I call it like being funked up, like let the funk free, let it go. I, I love to also ask myself, like, is this serving or stucking my soul? like? that stuckness or service. Are you going to be stuck or are you going to serve it? And you can ask yourself, what is it costing me to hold on to this? Hmm. What is it costing me to believe that I am stuck, to hold on to the belief that I am stuck? What is it costing me to believe this? And usually you can convince yourself pretty quickly that it's costing you more than you're willing to hang on to it for. Yeah, totally. So powerful. I also just like, Two really easy things are, and they sound so silly, but but I read a book called The High Five Habit with Mel Robbins. And she says, go into the bathroom and high five yourself. Even when you don't feel like it every morning, high five yourself and basically like, here we go. And she says, there's a power behind this because if you think about sports teams, they're always high-fiving each other, right? Like always high-fiving each other. It's like, let's go team. You and team ah. team team me, team me is gonna like, get it together and move forward today. So you high five and there's science behind actually like hitting hands. There's an energy transfer. So you actually touch yourself in the mirror. And, you know, like if you live with someone OCD, just get the wipes out. It's fine. But you, (laughs) you know, you high five the mirror and that's signaling to all the 
cells in your body like I believe in me today. It's wow. really, it's really cool. And so she says, you know, just try it for five days, high five, five days. And even if you're resisting it the first two days, keep going because you're going to have a breakthrough and then your body's going to actually start looking for the teamwork every day. Like, okay, here we go. It's that encouragement. So I think like doing that, the other thing that I do is like, just, I just hug myself. If I'm just feeling like I need a hug, just hug myself. Um, my boyfriend calls me Poppy from Trolls where it's like, hug break, hug break, hug break. Like <laughs> if you don't have anybody around or any pets around, like just hug yourself, give yourself a hug when you need it. It's that encouragement oh. again. And the other thing that I do on hard days is I don't ever press snooze anymore. I used to press snooze and I eliminated this from my life about three years ago and it has changed everything, everything wow. there. It, the snooze button does not exist ever, ever there. It can be a wake up call. Like if you got to get up early for, if you got to get up at a time for work, set it for the time you are willing to wake up, not the time you want to get up, not the time you have to get up, the time you are willing to get up and you set it for that time and that's it, right? I don't even set an alarm anymore. My body just goes, oh, it's that time and it never fails. Like I don't oversleep. It's just trained itself to know what it needs. And some days it's earlier and some days it's later. And I know that a lot of people listening are like, well, I have a job. I promise you, your body will figure it. It will figure it out. So anyways, no snoozing. But what I would do on days where I felt like I needed a little bit longer in bed is I would take the pillow, pillow out from underneath myself and pull the sheets down just a little ways so my body didn't go, oh, we're going back to bed. And I would start doing breath work. Oh. If I'm going to stay here, I'm going to do something that has a better chance of moving me in the direction that I need to do, need mm. to go. And so, you know, you can learn breath work from a lot of different people. I teach it and there are a ton of people I know teach it. And you can find it online. You can Google it. You can YouTube it. But yeah, I, I just so breathing in bed because a lot of times people say, I don't even want to get out of bed today. Okay, don't, but do something with yourself that is going to move you forward. And then the last thing is that I was at a women's conference a couple of weeks ago and the, and the woman said, I know that when I don't feel okay, I got to shake shit up. And I loved that. Like I give myself permission to, okay, what do I need to, basically what she said is like, what do you need to do differently? If how, if what we've been doing for a couple of days or a couple of weeks isn't making me feel the way I want to feel more of, feel more, right? Like we talked about earlier, shake shit up, do something different. Totally. Even, and don't let your brain go, go for a walk at 2 p.m. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Even if you work in a corporate setting. Yes, you can. We can all walk to the bathroom. We can all take a bathroom break. They can't stop you from doing that, right? I had a trainer one time that said, I don't care, Heidi, pull the fire alarm. <laughs> and what he meant was like, I'm tired of hearing your excuses for why you can't make yourself feel better and be better. Mm. Pull the fire alarm. That's like, shake shit up. What, yeah. what alarm do you need to pull today to get yourself in a different scenario that's going to make you feel more like you? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to say breathing and movement too, along with that, because the the shake shit up that you're talking about, I think it can go so wide. It's actual physical movement. It could be just like driving a, a different route that you normally do. It could be anything, but I love the physical movement because there is that very real energy that's in our body. That if we are feeling stuck, if we're feeling like we're in our own way, having that pattern interruption is key. Mm -hmm. And when we shake, when we physically literally shake, that not only does that interrupt the pattern that we're in, it's releasing trauma from the body and that trauma response that we are in. And normally, if we're in that freeze moment of time, that is a trauma response. That is like, oh no, I don't know what to do and I can't do it. And yeah. here I am. So yeah, literally move, shaking it out, dancing, screaming it out, just going in the car and like, ah, like getting it moving. Yes. Yes. I love it. Oh, well, I think we need to wrap this up. 
because it's been a, a juicy, juicy conversation. And I think people have a lot of things that they have probably written down and want to just like dive in and contemplate. Oh yeah. But I was thinking about, I've got a big board that I always put up every year. It's like on one of those giant post-it notes, like those giant, giant, like easel board post-it notes. That's what I use to create a version of a vision board. It's it's I'm much bigger than that. But anyways, and I stare at it every day. I'm actually staring at it right now. But one of the things that I put on there are New Year's words or themes that I want to like carry into the new year. So like, for instance, this year I had simple, my words were simple, courage, and unfiltered. So I wanted every time that I would like bump up against something, I'd go, whoa, whoa, this year's simple. Like, keep it simple. Keep it. How can I make this simple? It was a really powerful word for this year. And then a lot of times when I didn't feel like doing things, but I knew it was in my best interest, I'd be like, you're just scared. Have courage. Like use courage. Courage is your word this year. Be brave. Have like just have courage. And then the unfiltered was just that self-expression of I feel like I had been holding my voice back uh, in some areas of my life. And I was like, it's time to just let that, let that, let that go. What am I so afraid of? So unfiltered. I'm wondering if you have any words that you want to maybe bring into this new year with you. Great question. Well, first and foremost, I know right off the bat, that would be pleasure. Yes, that's a good word. (laughs) This is is like my life. But continuing that because it has, leaning into living a pleasure-led life has truly shifted my whole reality. And so I want to continue that. Exploration. So Mm, really just, exploring life, exploring physically, like travel, exploring sexually, because obviously I'm a sexual empowerment coach and I love learning new things. It's just like, it's so interesting for me personally, exploring new relationships, exploring new avenues of life. So that'd be the second one. And the third Feel like I could have like a list of at least five here. <laughs> You're allowed. You can have as many as you want, girl. <laughs> I love the courage. I, I would say courage would be mine as well. Yeah. Although I am pretty, I feel innately pretty courageous. I would say courage is something that I have. Yeah, I think you could have more. I think you're very courageous. I what I'm picking up on, and I could be way off, is that maybe there's a part of you that pops up every once in a while that's like just needs needs to be reminded of this version of you. Yeah, this needs to be realigned with your courage. But you're actually your aligned version of you. She is boldly courageous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> expansion. I love just that expansion. word. I love that too. Mm. And I'm going to wrap it up here with unconditional love. And there we have it, folks. That makes me feel so juicy. That's so good. I decided um, with permission to change my mind. And you guys, I, I want everybody listening to, we want to invite you to actually sit with that. Like, what do you want your words and themes to be for the new year. And I really, really encourage you to put those in big, bold letters somewhere that you visit frequently, whether that's on the dashboard of your car or your mirror in the morning or wherever you do your self-certainty practice or in a big, on a big, wherever it is for you, put those up. For me, I put fun. I think I've worked really hard this year And as a result, I have let the fun factor kind of fizzle. And Mm. so I want to, by keeping it simple, I want to have fun. I want to have my favorites, more of my favorite things, more of my favorite people, more of my favorite food, more of my favorite places, more of my favorite, more of my favorites. I want to have fun. I want to have favorites. And the third one, I wrote connection as well, but that one's like a whole nother level friendship fun favorites, friendship and laughter. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm just going to call that out 
because I want to be intentional about like where your sides and your cheeks hurt kind of laughter regularly. Yes. Regularly. And I don't know what that looks like. And I don't know what I need to put on. I I do know, but I don't know in this moment, but I'm going to sit with that and then call out like, what does that look like for me? Am I going to comedy shows? Am I like having, uh, hosting more girls sleepovers? Like, what am I going to do to have those moments of just like make your cheeks hurt laughter and joy? Oh, I love that so much. Yes. Love that. I just want to share with you and our listeners that it has been so gloomy here for the past three weeks, just like rain and sludge and gross and gross. And literally, as we've been talking for the past couple of minutes, the sun is, be- I mean, Alon, right now it is a beaming through. Can I you see it right there? It. I can it's just like... I think that this is just the sign that 2023 is just going to be a light beam of a year if we let it, like let the sun come in, let your soul shine, choose words that are going to allow that brightness Mm. to brightness to come out from the clouds and let you feel full again. Yeah. Oh, I love this. I love this too. So much fun. Everyone in the world listens to this podcast because I think it was absolutely wonderful. Yes. One of the best and what an amazing way to kick off the new year. Thank you so much for sharing this conversation with me. I hope you guys loved it. If you want to hear anything more from Alan and I, just leave us some comments on all the areas. We'll leave all of Alan's information and details in the show notes. Give us a quick little blurb of splurb it's a little blurb a little splurb whatever that means of where people can get more of you in their life uh yeah so i am mainly active on instagram um you can find me on instagram and i'm sure the link will be in the show notes as well alon.zalenka and i also have a tiktok uh with the same username and then i have a website that you can go visit and everything will be linked in the show notes Woo! All right, guys. Well, happy, happy new year. Make sure you take time to really gain that clarity and set yourself on path. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you loved the chat today, take a quick screenshot of this episode and send it to a friend. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue our conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe and check out my soulful services at joyfullydivorced.com. Remember, joy is contagious. So go out there, shine your light bright and live a limitless life.